one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are just three mates that love the game and we could be off on the beach somewhere, we could be out in sunshine, we're in a darkened dungeon talking rugby and that's what we love. Uh, Good morning JB. Good morning Tim and I for one could not be happier to be in a darkened dungeon with yourself actually present. Actually here. <laughs> it feels like you've yeah. been on the Lions tour. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and Phil. Hello, Tim. Wearing a, a, a wonderful Crusaders vest. Yeah, treat myself to some new stash. Oh, very nice. Alpha mailing it up in this place. <laughs> uh, now, I, I just before we start the podcast, can we all just have um, a moment's reflection for any other rugby podcast that has oh, decided to take Tim, the summer off. Tim, Just, just have a moment. We don't compare. We don't compare. <laughs> we, we have no peers. Stop we're, it now. <laughs> we're here 52 weeks a year. Uh, the Lions tour may be over. This podcast will be a little less liony, but it'll be 100% rugby-y. Uh, so let's get into it. We're going to have um, a, a stash watch, and I've got a prepared a stash watch quiz as well. Um, we are going to be pre- um, previewing a couple of teams ahead of the season. We've got seven weeks, I think, till the start of the new Avicii Premiership. Which is perfect. It means we can we can preview every team in the Pro 12 and the uh, top Pro 12 and the Premiership. Oh, too right. We will get through all of them. Don't you worry about that. And in addition to that, uh, well, just other rugby stories, tra- transfer rumor mill, generic banter, and yeah, bring it on. What do you want to start with? Well, what's what's gone on in the in the world of rugby in the in, in the last seven days? What, well, what stories? Can I start with something negative? Okay, okay. Something came to my attention last week, and I did mention it on last week's podcast because we had lots of uh, liony stuff to get to. Have you seen the article in the rugby paper regarding uh, Dan Mugford? I have. I have. Yeah. What do you think about it? Uh, well, it was. So Dan Mugford was released by Sale Sharks and there's been a lot of awareness raised about mental health and particularly by the RPA around the area of players transitioning from a playing career into a civilian career, if you want. Because yep. we're now seeing the first rugby players retiring who have only ever done rugby. Yeah, that's mm. a very good point. Really good point. Um, so it's a really big area for, for the game. And so the RPA are brilliant at helping that transition. I've seen that with, um, you know, with my brother. Uh, so anyway, um, Dan Mugford suffered about depression. His relationship fell apart. He moved back home to Plymouth, uh, and he. I looked at the article, and he gave 
the rugby paper didn't. It wasn't an opinion piece. It was a. It was quotes from Dan Mugford. So on that on that basis, I'm kind of like, well, he obviously was happy to give the interview, and be very open with his thoughts. So I was kind of okay with it. I'm of the opinion that these things have to be have to be discussed. I think it was completely irresponsible of that journalist to put that to put what he put in in the paper. In fact, I, th- I think it's B level. I, th- I think it's ap- it, the more I think about it, the more I come to the conclu- conclusion that this guy is actually a bit of a scumbag because he should never have done this. This guy is in the journalist. Yeah, the journalist. Should, I mean, what's he reporting on? Ultimately, he's reporting on rugby. And if this is a story about yeah, two years ago, um, I had a bout of depression and then I came back stronger than ever. And I'm playing great rugby, etc., etc. All for it. But if someone was to tell, if, if someone was to tell me when I was doing an interview or something like that that I'm really depressed and you know I had an attempt on my life next week, I would not report that because how on earth are you helping the individual? I'd ask them to seek help. That that is the bit that for me. So I, reading it, it was it was the timescales that seemed weird, just weird that it was reported. It, why would anyone do this? So Dan was saying he's he's currently uh, having huge problems with depression uh lost his girlfriend a couple of weeks ago attempt on his life a couple of weeks ago like that's the bit that would seem very weird to me that yeah. that was reported in the just way it was. A, but, but I, re- reported uh, that, that there's no investigative journalism going on here or anything no. like that but the fact is it's just it, all we cover is sport really it's just a game and I don't think if you are if you are suffering some problems, why on earth do you want? Even if you tell the journalist, why do you want the journalist to put it everywhere? I mean, maybe he did, well, but then the journalist should be think, thinking, "Hang on, I'm I'm just really a sports writer. Maybe I should uh, tell Dan to, you know, seek some help, that kind of thing." Well, and well, well, it's I'm not sure, helping. I'm sure I'm sure he is getting help, but but, but yeah. uh, we can only assume. Let, let's 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 assume the best in people for a second. We can only assume that the. The journalist probably said, had a chat, uh, specifically Dan Mugford wanted to chat about his life post-sale and trying to rebuild it, and let's assume that that was the case and he was in, he was fully aware of where this was going to be published and in, and, and, and the, the journalist has only put quotes in, in the rugby paper. That, that is true, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't added any opinion. He, uh, yeah. it, you know, he could have dressed up and said, yeah, Dan has struggled with his transition from sale. He did not need to go. I mean, he even named his ex-girlfriend. That's that's weird. That is weird. That that to me, it's just it's it's unthoughtful. It's mm. unhelpful, and it's a little bit um, so, like almost clickbaity. I, I really hate it. Just I just trying to put some positive spin on it. It is so like you said right at the start, Tim. Raising awareness of this kind of transition and these issues, it is really important. The RPA does some brilliant work with their lift the weight yeah. stuff. So raising the awareness for both Dan and other people is great and providing Dan gets the right help and, and this is dealt with in the right way I'd really be optimistic that he can go on and, and yeah, play get, get back to playing some great rugby the kind of rugby that propelled him from the championship to the premiership in the first place that that is, that isn't an issue here it's I, I just think it's it, I think it's irresponsible journalism I think it's really I think it's really opportunistic actually so, well, so going from a slightly depressing well, well, note to to Danny Mugford, uh, Dan Mugford's no longer in the city that we're in, so we're not going to bump into him in a bar anytime soon. But all the best, uh, all the best to you, Dan, and um, yeah, yeah, get get back on that field when you can, fella. Um, 
club previews? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not been a whole lot of movement in terms of players and stuff. Like teams are back and in pre-season training now. Lions players obviously will be on the beach. Yep. Yeah. Have you seen any of them where they've gone to the Lions? No. Lions have you players? been keeping an eye? I keep one eye on. Are, the, are, they, uh, are they away with the girlfriends? I should have really. <laughs> <laughs> I should have really. Had a I know that they're away. That. But I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> James O'Connor has landed. He's oh, in. Yeah. He's in town, is he? Yep. John O'Ross has landed. Uh, obviously, Faf de Klerk is, is still playing, but um, Sale Sharks look like they've got the majority of their new signings. Um, Josh Strauss hasn't arrived yet, from what I understand. But uh, yeah, no one's really speaking about James O'Connor, and I guess it's because Sale is slightly unfashionable. But you know, this is a this is a real star signing. You sound like you're now delivering party lines for Sale <laughs> Sharks. Remember, remember, here's your briefing for today. Remember, we're unfashionable. They're People, strong they're, they're and they're stable. in the north. They're strong and they're stable. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's exciting stuff. I mean, um, Curtly Beal was obviously a far bigger signing last year. But I don't think there's a bigger one in in the Premiership this this year. Certainly well, that's in interesting. Name. Like, what's the biggest? Is that the biggest Avicii Premiership signing? Because this this summer's probably characterised by big names leaving. The Premiership, Kirtley Beale, yep, and Pickamoles, uh, Pickamole, yeah, Pickamoles is a big bloke. Um, I think he might be, unless Leicester have got something up their sleeves because um, they are desperately trying to sign people for for Matt O'Connor's scheme. I've seen some of the signings; it's not it's not great, but we'll get on to that later. Northampton are desperately searching for an eight, which they don't have. Yeah, so I mean that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it is. Will they go back with um, Tamana Harrison, who played eight there for a little while? Yeah, and they've brought in. Uh, Mitch Eady he's a very good player he is a very good he's player he's a very very good player he's different to pick em alls. I mean most players are different to pick em alls. <laughs> yeah are <laughs> different to pick em alls. <laughs> yeah um, but we, we spoke we spoke during the Lions about the athletic eights and the eights who are good heavy traffic carriers yeah pick em alls is one of the very best heavy traffic carriers do you think he is him and Billy are like 1A and 1B heavy traffic carriers I'd say they 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 have to be the two best in the world, yeah. don't is, they? Is there anyone else who kind of Dwayne Vermarlin? Yeah, that, those are the kind of three, aren't they? Which yeah, you think yeah they're 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 good with lots of contact. Yeah, and just getting those the contact the few yards after the contact, and then always securing the offload. I wonder if you could put all three of them into a back row. No, you can't really. <laughs> I can't remember, imagine Pickamore's playing anywhere but eight. I can't imagine Billy playing anywhere but eight. <laughs> Did Billy play a little bit of six when he was when younger? When Nathan Hughes showed up. Oh, no, I'm not more thinking when he was quite a bit younger. He might have. Did have the, Hughes and Billy played in the same back row? I always think one of them is off the pitch. Yeah, they might have might have done a, a little bit. Mm. Do, do you know what we did uh, not mention that that happened after the last podcast? No, was Kyle Sinclair. Uh, yes. arrested after sink in the clink in <laughs> yeah although really the bit of the article about that story that I read that was most pertinent was uh, police confirmed a male was placed under arrest but was not charged after further inquiries established that the incident did not warrant prosecution and Sam Warburton also came out this week and said nothing happened so essentially basically Carl, Carl Sinclair drew a series playing for the Lions fulfilling a boyhood dream and got drunk <laughs> that's, yep. that's the Based, story yeah asked the policeman the for directions the policeman thought he's intoxicated <laughs> gave him a lift home but I am looking forward to that uh, episode of police camera action or whatever <laughs> one of those like fly on the wall documentary 28 policemen hauled out <laughs> rugby so one, one of the beauties of Instagram over the Lions period has been the players videos oh yeah and one of the disappointments is that they, most of them were through the 24-hour, the Snapchat 
Uh, sorry, Instagram the Instagram stories, stories thing. Uh. Snapchat style stories. Well, well, I'll tell you what I'll do for next week. Um, sorry, I know you were mid-sentence then. Um, because I recorded a bunch of them through the tour oh, into nice. all, into audio did. form. Nice. Um, so what we will have next week, I'll, I'll do like a, a top 10 countdown of the best Instagram <laughs> story videos from the Lions tour. Well, did you see the outfits that... So they, they kind of spent two days on the piss basically after the 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 final game did you see the outfits that mako and uh toby uh, tolupe falatao were wearing in particular no i mean I, all i can it. imagine is that tolupe falatao had his normal deadpan face on <laughs> yeah. he did while dressed as a matador oh <laughs> <Wow>. amazing <laughs> what was mako in matador as well no mako was in the, like this weird kind of childish costume with do you remember those they're more like a cartoon hat. A, a, hat, with a, a bonnet. A hat with a propeller on. Oh, no, okay. A with a oh, like pro- a Dunce's like, geek hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those. And then it seemed like there was a few people, those two included, were wearing full fancy dress. And then everyone else was just in like the normal casual clothes. <laughs> 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 Love it. Uh, right, so coming up on this podcast, we've got a stash watch. We're going to look at all the kits, the beautiful, sexy kits that have been released and the less beautiful, not-so-sexy kits that have been released. Mm. Uh, but over in this off-season period, we're going to be just throwing different clubs under the microscope, having a little bit of an MOT on them, seeing how they're getting on, seeing if there's any more tinkering needs to be done and how it's shaping up and, how, and what sort of a season they might expect. And we've been asking fans of those clubs, you, to email in your thoughts on your team and that will form the basis of our discussions. And we've had some fantastic contributions already. Some absolutely awesome ones. Yeah. So you can email us, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, contacteggchasers at gmail.com. So we've got Phil's Pride... Ulsterman, <laughs> we certainly do. So, go on. Why don't, you t- why don't you take it away, Phil? So, firstly, who, this email was from. I've forgotten the name. Edward Dawson. Edward Dawson. Nice one, Ed. Who's done a, a very good, very in-depth analysis of a kind of pre, um, very brief review of last season, and then some of the things to look forward to. A, a trip to Ravenhill is long overdue for us. Oh, it really is. So many trips, which are it long, is. Long... Ravenhill's long overdue. I've promised the last couple of years that I'll be. Uh, the Kingspan this kind of the next season I will definitely definitely be at the Kingspan talk cheap mate one game this season you've only been doing the podcast for four years (laughs) (laughs) definitely come on then Phil I I tend to I have done an Ulster game a year for the last couple of years Edinburgh Leicester yep well no that's where I mean if, if, if this was football well, no, in fact probably rugby's the same that's where the real diehard fans go go to away games exactly yeah 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 Right, so first thing Edward points out is just the disappointment from last year, struggling to finish most of the chances um, when we got into the opponent's half. Scrum very solid, uh, and line-out was very good, but forwards failing to get any gain-line success. He said it was like Thomas Franson was making nearly every carry for Ulster. (laughs) (laughs) Harsh. And uh, signings like... Rodney R.U. was more of a source of trouble than JB-like carries. JB-like carries? JB-like carries. Ooh, particularly against the School of Hard Knocks. Oh. So, yeah, where, where, where they struggled to contain their... Yeah, bigger, strong... more powerful opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Have that delinquents. <laughs> Departing servants, Pinar, 
going to Montpellier. Oh, man. Who he describes as the cornerstone raiser of professional rugby. So that's true. South African by birth, Ulster by the grace of God. And he's even said this week, Ryan Pienaar, in an interview that he he feels like he'll be back in in Ulster, possibly at the end of his playing days. Yeah. Really, really has connected with that place which makes it all the all the more sad and inexplicable that he's been forced to there's, move elsewhere there's clearly some underhand politics going on there isn't there there anyway, is we've done um, that to death they, but yes not part of the uh, Edward Dawson piece but um, David Humphreys in an interview last week said that in 2013 when uh, Ruan signed a new three year deal with Ulster he was offered two or three times the Ulster money to go to France. Well, there's and, a lesson and, there to everyone. And rejected it. Take the money. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, so obviously, Ruan is going. Roger Wilson retiring. Big Franco, Franco van der Merwe has gone to Cardiff. Mm. Ricky Lutton retired. Um, and then there's a whole host of kind of uh, second choice or um, academy players who are leaving, most of whom will probably end up going to the championship. Um, incoming, there's not been a huge amount of business done by Ulster this year. Is so, that a good sign? Uh, if last season was really successful, probably yes. Last season was disappointing, so maybe not. So, bringing in John Cooney, who's scrum half, former Leinster, but has been at Connacht for the last couple of years. He's a very handy player. Um... He's played scrum half, and he's, I, I'm sure I've seen his name down at fly half for a few games because he's always been kind of uh, battling against Marmion for mm. the first-choice berth at Connacht, although mm. that, that is a battle that Marmion uh, has ultimately been winning. So he, he's good to, to bring in. We're also bringing in a, a Southern Kings prop, who's a good player, although, uh, as, as Edward points out, he's about to have shoulder surgery. So he'll yeah, be ju- I saw that. What 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 are they doing? There's all these South Africans with questionable injury statuses. Kurtzia, yeah, Kurtzia has been. He played maybe three or four games last yeah. year. He was brilliant when he played, but he just doesn't seem like he's ever been right. It was um, cruciate damage. And Nick, when Will- he came and in. Nick Williams still is probably the biggest gap in that team that they haven't filled. Is yeah. Nick Williams still playing? No, yeah, uh, he's still playing. He is yeah. he still still the Blues. Blues, yeah, wow. yeah. Maybe 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 they should have kept him. There is something to be said, isn't there, for like a bigger body type, but bit more bit bit more fat on them, bit more rounded. And you don't see many of those char- uh, characters anymore, do well, you? You kind of do actually. You reckon? Yeah, Thomas Waldron. They, they, they used v. to be loads of them, though. Yeah. yeah, there used to be tons of them, like C. Sequoia Maboli. Do you remember him <laughs> at Sale? And uh, um, oh, he was the fella. I tell you, a, a Petty Fenua didn't really as, as sort of thought, he looked great. Yeah, a Petty Fenua when well, um, he plays. Is it yeah. Calamaphoni? He's, he's, he's gone to Leicester. He's a big old, big yeah, old he's boy. He's a big unit. And actually, um, even someone like Pickamals, he's. He's not he's not ripped up, is he? No, he no. looks like one of those. He looks like a farmer. Do you remember the the card game Misfits, where you had to match the the, the legs, bo- yeah. the body, <laughs> and the head? It's like Pickamol looks like he's got different legs to his upper body. <laughs> his legs are ridiculous. Yeah, he's just got Pickamol's the natural brutal strength of the man. Um, uh, so, so what are so, saying? They need a, they need a more rotund date. Yeah. Well, we've the, we've also brought in Daysell. Um, as a kind of utility back row from um, uh, Sharks and Munster. He's played yeah. a bit of Munster. Oh, yes. That, I know. He does feel like... It, so, 
size and weight in the end in the the pack, but he does feel like a kind of periphery player. Yeah. Um, prospects: Rob Little, young winger, who <laughs> Edward describes probably similar to Gilroy. Some brilliant attacking moments, but weak in defence. Uh, there's a couple of props: Tommy O'Hagan, a prime lump of dairy meat who packs down at Loosehead. And Tom O'Toole, who's an, he's not yet even in the academy as a tight head. Do you know what? Ireland, overall, have got some phenomenal props coming through. The yeah. one that I mentioned at the 2016 World Under-20s. World Under-20s Championships, John Porter got himself a, his first Irish cap this summer. Did he? He's uh, he's a he, he a frightening talent. He's a, he's a Leinsterman. Yeah. Frightening prospect. Yeah. So they've, 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 the next wave, you've just got, you know, Tyg Furlong and McGrath, you've got <laughs> their replacements in waiting. It sounds like Ulster have got a couple as well. There are. There's a couple. It, I'll kind of temper that and just say, we'll wait to see. They, you can have the best schoolboy or academy of players, but how they transition from that level, particular prop where they're coming in so young. Uh, and then probably the the biggest area of change is coaching. And this is the, probably the biggest area to be optimistic about. John O'Gibbs coming in to nice. give give that yeah. that pack the hard uh, edge. That what's happened to Les Kiss? Is he directed <laughs> rugby? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the obligatory little giggle whenever Les Kiss. Um, yeah. So they're going to have John O'Gibbs as head coach and then they've got Dwayne Peel as attack coach. Yeah, Dwayne Peel comes in as well. So Peel will be interesting because obviously an incredibly mm. talented player. We've certainly not yet seen the best of his coaching ability and he's still a very young and relatively inexperienced coach. Mm. But if you can get the best out of those two or those Let, two Les Kiss will do his due diligence and he's a man that knows about attacking rugby so uh, that, that that's a big feather in the cap for Dwayne Peel that he's been brought in, I'd say. Yeah, so I, that's the bit that I'm most optimistic about. Ulster have got some brilliant players right across the board. Backline exciting, particularly in the centre centres, um, and the pack. If you can get Kurt Seer on the field, if you can get Hendo firing, Rory Best, and the other boys, get all those working together. Uh, there is something to be optimistic about. Um, Edward does finish by saying he believes that this year will finish in a similar way to last season. Players and coaching staff won't necessarily click perfectly although there will be some massive performances uh and he's he specifically says uh massive performances against wasps <laughs> leinster munster and harlequins who will all be thrashed <laughs> and, and scathe into the last 16 of europe to get beaten in the quarterfinals good work edward and he does reiterate the point we made before i hope the top lads at egg chasers can make it across to stand up for the ulsterman witnessing an atmosphere that can't be replicated in any fortress in the world apart from the aj aj bell i I, i've been there once for the exeter chiefs european match last year and that was some game the atmosphere was amazing yeah it was amazing i I think that might have been because i had gareth steenson on the rugby dungeon last week um and i think that might just do another ding she mentioned sale earlier didn't do that yeah there you go. I think that might have been maybe the best game of last year, Ulster versus tension wise versus Exeter. Well, those three drop goals at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the theatre of it was amazing. The the Ulster uh, Claremont home game, the, the victory. Oh was yes, an incredible game. That as was well. amazing. 
Hmm. Now I'm going to suggest before we do the Leicester Tigers one, we just uh, break it up and have just have a quick quick stash watch. Ooh, oh, yes. I've got a little stash watch game which will which we can talk about some of the new kits. Okay, fire away uh, within it. So you two play against each other. Play along as you as you're listening. Uh, I have th- there are some clubs that have changed their kit manufacturer and or sponsor. So we'll just see how much of that you know. So keep a note of your answers somewhere. Or in uh, fact, we'll yeah, just do we'll I do can, them one at a time. I'll um, drop. No, I can drop them down on my. All right. First, first one to touch my bell gets to um, <laughs> gets to answer the question. The okay. real bell or the synthet- synthetic bell? Uh, well, I have, no, go for the real bell. Okay. Stade Francais, manufacturer and sponsor. Uh, Ooh, so we're going to drop drop these down. Jot it down. Well, I think we'll do them one at a time. But so Phil, if you write yours down and then JB can answer first. Okay. Uh, and sponsor. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Okay, so is the kit manufacturer ASICS? What have you got down as a kit manufacturer? I've got down Kappa. It's, uh, it is ASICS. And is the sponsor... Is this... Um, it's going to be something silly, isn't it? Is it... Is it or- Orangina? That's, so Orangina have historically sponsored Toulon. Ah, yeah, they have. Uh, I, I have no idea on the sponsor. Okay. I, I've put down Eden Park. Uh, JB was closest. Well, um, in that it was a drink, Capri Sun. Oh. I have to say, the new Stade Francais kit has kind of been spoilt by their sponsor. It's got a big, arcing Capri Sun, really big. So, so Stade Francais have spoiled. Yes, yeah, so it was the first with the pink stuff, and the pink stuff is great. But I'm looking around now. In fact, I've got this pink stuff on the seat. One right there, in the, just just yeah. here. Um, you know, Cardiff Blues have got one. Got got that one up. Um, pig bearings they count as a professional team got that one up no. but there's a load, There's loads of pink kits that's the point <clears> I'm trying to make they should go back to their electric blue with yeah. red flashes they've that got so cool they've got electric boo, uh, blue this their new kit with sort of pink flashes no, it's like be red. Lightning, lightning bolt oh no no it might even be red actually now I think about it oh really that'd yeah, be interesting I, th- I think it might have gone back to a traditional look but it's kind of for me been spoilt by yeah. Caprison uh, there it is there's the new kit yeah, oh god, it's a horrible kit. Like lot- Sergio Parise looks, looks really bad in it. It actually looks, yeah, yeah. That's, that's genuinely disgusting. Ooh. There's no redeeming features of that whatsoever. Ooh. It's not edgy. So the one thing it's I do like garish, is the two, the two badges in the middle of the chest. I quite like that. But well, it's got, that is so just you know, the, the Asics badge and the. Stuff god, it's so awful. Bad. It's really <laughs> terrible. It's one. I of the, hate the badges too. It's it's about the worst kit. That's been released this I summer. I can't me. remember a worse kit than that. Yeah, it's, it is terrible. It looks like one of those 1980s football kits where it just looks like someone's vomited on uh, the No, shirt. do you know what it looks like? It looks like do you know, this shell suit zip ups. <laughs> it really does. It's, uh, or yeah. a goalkeeper's kit. And for, and for a club that have prided themselves on striking, but nonetheless, well, innovative, but striking shirts, that, mm. that, that is just disgusting. So anyway, yeah. who's uh, who's the last rugby team you can think of sponsored by Capri Sun? Oh, by Capri Sun. Capri Sun. Capri Sun. I'll go for. We have I've, mentioned it on the pod, I, pod as well. We have mentioned it. Have yeah. we? I, I well, have specific- you got access to our archives on on there? Uh, well, I remember mentioning it uh, this f- year, 2017. Uh, I, I, I'm, let me go for an Italian club, uh, Treviso. No idea. It is that kit? Who is that? Oh, Germany. 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 Yeah. So they've got the this this lovely Adidas kit, black, uh, red and gold, with their 
eagle or hawk badge, which looks what, incredibly what evil. Uh, and then Cap- Capri Sun <laughs> across yeah, the middle. Yeah, we did talk about that. You're right. It spoils <laughs> the look. So, okay, then. Well, you just talked... Germany's kit is made by Adidas, who are losing quite a f- number of kits this summer, uh. including Italy. So next question is, who is Italy's new kit manufacturer? <laughs> For the next eight years as well. <sighs> That's a okay, long-term so deal. lost them. Yeah. Phil, do you want to go first? Uh, well, I'll jot something down. Okay. I've got something written down. Um, is... Oh, hang on. Hang on, I've seen this kit as well. It is a lovely kit, I have to say. Is it Kappa? It's not Kappa. So I've written down Macron. Oh. It is Macron. Yes. Macron. A, 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 a taking on this. Macron have exponentially increased the number of shirts and organisations they're, they're manufacturing for. Well, who have they got? Massively. They've got Scotland and they've got uh, Italy. Scotland, Italy, but there, there are there are a bunch more teams. They do the Scottish. They do Edinburgh and Glasgow as well. Oh don't yeah, they, they do. Right. Yeah, uh, and Northampton Saints. Oh wow! Oh. Starting this season as well. Uh, who who um, Northampton Saints have a new sponsor for the first time in ages? Is no, that Travis what new shirts? That is the uh, oldest uh, sports sponsorship in well in the world. I think they're still involved in the club. Yeah, but just not as the premier sponsor. Not as the, not as the title sponsor on their jersey, which that, is now Tool Station. Oh, which probably sounds like it's owned by Travis Perkins. And it's one. Of, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It's what. It, yeah, I think it may be, but it's one of those examples where Travis Perkins was in the yellow was in yellow lettering. Yeah, which worked with the design of the kit. Tool Station is white. Is like a white background with red writing, which on a green black and yellow shirt Ooh. looks really horrible yeah we need sympathetic colour palette for the kit and sponsors completely agree with you there Phil something we've talked about many yeah. many times also I think if we were going to add a, a law variation it would be on the size of that logo as well yes and a good example of that is I mean one of the greatest shirt sponsors that you could possibly find anywhere BT Sport <laughs> however on that Scotland jersey Tool Station or part massive. of Travis Perkins PLC oh so <laughs> they're still it's still the same thing but Thank God we sorted that out for the greater rugby public. The, the <laughs> colour palette, not acceptable. Um, but yeah, the, the, the BT Sport logo on the Scotland jersey is just too big for, for me. Uh, right, Wales have a new... Two more international teams have new kit manufacturers. Uh, sorry, um, have, have manufacturers or sponsors. France have a new kit manufacturer. Again, Adidas are no longer doing France or Italy. There's two wow. gorgeous kits. So start- Well, France went downhill actually last year, so... From 2018... Who will be sponsoring France's kit? Just have a, just have a guess. Sponsoring or uh, sorry, uh, manufacturing. manufacturing. Hmm. We haven't seen the shirt for this yet. They've only announced the deal. So, but it's not going to have those beautiful three lines down there. I either. think because I actually think some of the best French shirts with Mike. I think it's Mike. I, I'm just about to write down Mike. Yeah, that's a shame. It is Le Coq Sportif. Ooh. You're having a bit of a resurgence, which kind of makes sense. Is this is France. this just rampant nationalism? Because Macron <laughs> is Italian. Le Coq Sportif must be French, right? Possibly. Well, let's let's see if you think Wales's new shirt sponsor is rampant nationalism, or maybe it's not. Uh, who is the new sponsor of the Wales jersey? Unfortunately, they're changing the sponsor, but they're keeping the shirt. That's the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's still Under Armour, but it's... Still Under Armour, and it's still that horrible... Uh, their sponsor. Uh, what was the guy in Future Armour? 
Captain. Oh yeah, uh, Zap Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan. That's the boy. Yeah, yeah. Still, still looks like he he's him. So what was Will's? Who was Will's sponsor last year? Admiral was it? Oh, Admiral. Yeah. Because cool. they've, they've had Rockport in the past. They've had brains, brains. in the past. They probably had a few others. I can't think of anything. What would be bad enough to go on the Welsh shirt? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't tell you. Well, t- job centre. Isuzu is their new. Oh, I did know that sponsor. And that's actually quite good. Isuzu is like, it's a horrible word, and it's not a nice logo. But I quite like what they do. It's like big trucks and stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. Okay then, and finally, and I, I haven't even got the score. I think JB's up by a about, about a thousand, a thousand, a thousand to five hundred. Uh, but uh, Phil, you can draw it if you get both of these. Ospreys have a new shirt sponsor and a new, and new kit manufacturer. Me, let Phil me, write it down. For, then. Me. So I know the the manufacturer, yeah. but you got that email as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't have time to open the email for you, so I don't know the sponsor. Yeah, I don't know. It's Canterbury, isn't it? And it is. Sponsors, it, I don't know. it is Canterbury, new kit manufacturer for the Ospreys. Lovell Rugby. Oh, really? Uh, uh, moving into shirt sponsors. Now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, Ospreys, I've had a good think about this. because I was looking at their training gear. It's so nice. Um, and Canterbury are doing it. Obviously, we've got a little link up with Canterbury there. I was just wondering this question. Has there ever been a club with a nicer colour palette to work with who creates more disgusting playing tops? So what, what they're, they're fe- effectively black, white and gold. Yeah. So that's, that's, really, you got, really... You've got a nice starting point there. There are some teams that are hamstrung by the colours they have to, yeah. have to use. Not the Ospreys. And then they go make a purple shirt. And then they go <laughs> make a, uh, a green shirt. I mean, they've had some... Awful, awful shirts. They really have. But when when you simplify it down to just a black, white, and gold, that's pretty nice. Mm. You can do a lot with that. The training gear is lovely, actually. Speaking of disgusting shirts, uh, Exeter Chiefs European jersey's been been, been unveiled. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, so um, I like it. I like it because there are some things that are meant to be. Right, Ex- Exeter Chiefs shirts specifically European shirts are supposed to be disgusting I mean that's kind of if they came out with something nice it wouldn't it wouldn't be in keeping so no I'm I'm all for I'm all for this and the more disgusting that they can make it the better for everyone Has yeah so now, now it's the thing you're, now you have anticipation it's like oh I'm waiting for the first Lions test and the Lions series was out it's like oh god I can't wait it's like waiting for Christmas waiting to see how disgusting Exeter can make their European jersey exactly um, 
Yeah, it's vile. Well, so well done, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. And the, their home shirt that was announced at the same time. The home shirt. I, can, I don't know what is Exeter's home colours. Is it black? Is it? Is it black is it or blue, is it white? Or is it white? It's black. Black. Or white. So the the black shirt that was announced at the same time is nice. lovely. Nice. Really nice. Yeah, really just simple. Yeah. Yeah. What really is simple. the other one? The, what is that? All? That that pink and white. And what are the markings on monstrosity? It? Uh, it's not as bad. Oh, as there, th- there are two. There's two uh, chiefs. I prefer it to. Oh, the, is that what it is? Yeah, two chiefs. I prefer it to the green and whatever green and blue and whatever and, disco- and black and whatever that horrible European shirt was oh, last year. You look, oh, don't forget the orange one. Yeah, oh, there's God, yeah. there's some awful. You work back the yeah the one that looks like the Waikato chiefs. There's the blue and blue, light blue and dark blue. There's the blue and pink. I mean, on the plus side, the all pink. On the plus side, it's a great community outreach to offer a prize to five-year-olds for designing <laughs> kits. <laughs> Here's a stencil, design me a kit. <laughs> and the final one, I just have one on on kit. Then, uh, oh yeah, and the final thing to mention on kit is this weekend. Currently, the Super Rugby teams are playing in the Australian Super Rugby team. No, in fact, all Super Rugby teams are playing in Indigenous. Jerseys don't care, and Australia even announced an indigenous jersey. By the way, that shirt is disgusting. Yeah. That is one of the worst shirts of a generation. Yeah, they've just, they've just set back uh, r- relationships with yeah the, the native population back uh, decades. If I, with... I, if I was an, an, an indigenous person, <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> it's awful, uh, and it's going to age so bad, so badly as well. The problem is because it's indigenous, no one dare say a word. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> they need to be told it's disgusting because uh, because it's obviously a very sensitive issue. I feel the it's need just to say I was clearly joking. Then <laughs> someone, yeah. someone will take that little snippet out of context. And uh... sorry, I, I I really respect it. It's a really really nice. Fuck off, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dull. Have you seen any of the results from Super Rugby this weekend? No. So we've had the Pro Twelve Bowl. Yep. Which oh, was, have we? Which was a tremendous game. Yeah, the Kings hosted the Cheetahs uh, in Port Elizabeth. And I watched the highlights this morning. It finished... 20- See, I can't wait till Stuart Barnes is commentating on that. <laughs> <laughs> it finished 20 points to 21 to the Cheetahs, who scored 15 unanswered points in the last 13 minutes Oh wow! to come back and win. Uh, and also, the, the Sunwolves hammered the Blues. Amazing, this. I saw that result. And the Amazing. Blues beat the Lions, and the Lions yeah. drew with the All Blacks. What does that tell you? Summers are the best team in the world. Correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> amazing, isn't it? So, like, all of a sudden, the Southern Kings, who are kind of a byword for incompetence, <laughs> not only in the way they play, but the way they're administered and the way they were formed, have won some fairly impressive games. They've beat the Jags away. They've beat the Bulls, who admittedly aren't great, but they still beat them. And they'll yep. have beaten the Blues. You say it's used as a byword. I've heard that. I've heard, um, you know, under investors in underperforming companies complaining that the company they've invested in is being uh, are the, the southern kings of of, of uh, car manufacturing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The southern kings of... Like Woolworths was the southern kings of retailing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. And the other game, my beloved Canes... Uh, took on Crusaders, the unbeaten Crusaders. What happened? And beat them, 31-22. Have that, Crusaders. Yeah. yeah. They deserve it. None of the All Blacks back in the side? Or uh, were they? So, Crusaders seem to have rested more players than the Canes. So, uh, Perinara played, Julian Surveyor played, Laumapi played, Geordie Barrett played at 13. 
um, for the Canes and most of the type five for the Crusaders were rested. Whitelock was rested, Franks was rested, um, three times, Cody Taylor was rested. Uh, Kieran Reed and Israel Dag both played though. Hero, heroes, indeed. Right, so I have got a little bit of stash watch. Yeah, we're going to put the throw, throw the spotlight on an Avicii Premiership club now. Yeah, I have got one of the, I've got one of the best written reviews I think we've ever had here. Comprehensive and best written. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, you, you're going to love this, but you're only going to love it after Tim tells you about our sponsor, Cornerstone. Yeah. Well, we heard earlier Ruin P- Pinar described as the Cornerstone razor of rugby players. I would completely endorse that sentiment. In other words, the best. So Cornerstone, yeah, they're a mail-order razor company. They've been helping, we have been working with us for the last few years and we've been introducing hundreds and thousands of people to the wonders of Cornerstone razors, which just imagine getting delivered to you in a couple of days' time for four quid, right, four quid, less than a pint, and delivered to you in a beautiful Cornerstone presentation box, which you will open to find a free engraved shaft. None of this disposable stuff where the, the handle and the and the razors are separate. This is a this is this will stand beautifully in your bathroom with your initials on it, so the missus knows not to touch it. <laughs> she probably will anyway. Exactly. Uh, but there you go, delivered in that box with six precision razors which when the BBC did a test against all the razors that they were tested against, Cornerstone came out on top. We get incredible feedback all the time. And as I say, four quid. What you what you what you what you doing? Not giving it a crack. Um, it would have made a great Father's Day present recently as well. But or even, an even better retrospective Father's Day present. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you just want to, that that would really surprise your old man. Yeah, actually, what what I love really it, early or a little bit late. A little tear to his eye, especially in this post Lions uh, rugby post-apocalyptic world where there's just a barren <laughs> landscape of no rugby that that will just make his summer so cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers you get a 10 pound discount because you're with us uh, and that's why you can get just four quid free engraved shaft six beautiful razors and whatever else you want uh, cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout leicester tigers right first of all huge huge thanks to james hogarth and uh, John Pugh, because they've sent me 8,629 words all on Leicester Tigers. So I'm not going to read read out every word. That's, an, but, that's a dissertation. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think one of them got a master's for this. <laughs> so it's it, it's very comprehensive. What I'll do, or what I'll... Uh, and that would have been from the University of Leicester, not De Montfort. Exactly. Leicester as well. So what I'll Nothing do... Nothing wrong with De Montfort, mine, but anyway. And I will... S- I, well, I sell it. I probably won't. But I, will, I might put this into some sort of blog post or something and maybe share it on the, fa- on the Facebook page or something because it is worth reading. That's good, cool. So, um, first of all, it was last season. Fairly disappointing. Um, they had a couple of good wins. Uh, they outlined the win, o- win over Saints, but they also outlined their horrific European campaign. Mm. Big losses against uh, Glasgow, uh, again, Monster. Monster. And there's one, there's one other where they got absolutely hammered. Uh, Racing. Racing Metro in Paris. Oh, did they, actually, did they beat Racing? No, they didn't. No, they lost. They didn't get hammered, but they lost pretty, pretty. It was terrible away from home. Yeah, it wasn't that the away from home game when Racing had zero yeah. to play for yeah. and still beat them comfortably. Beat them. Yeah, um, Wilford Road is still relatively fortress-like. Um, they, they, they've only lost one game there last year. Do you know who, who, who that's to? 
at Welford Road. Yep. Uh, Glasgow. Saracens. Um, apparently, well, according to this, Sale Shocks. Is that mm. right? Yep, did the double in the, open. In the Premiership. Mm. That's it. Might, have, might have to look at that one. I'll go with that. Let's reconsider it. No, I'll go with that. And this is where it all starts to get a little bit, um, a little bit concerning. So, players out of the club this year, right? How, how, how about this for a list? Well, before, just, just very briefly, yeah. they say an awful year. They got to a semi-final in, in a season with three different DORs. With absolute turmoil. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. I, no, I agree with that. They got to, yeah, exactly. They got to a semi-final, which I, I would actually say, like looking back, Tigers fans, I think you should be really proud that you finished in the top four and continued that run of what is now fourteen years consecutively. Yeah, is I, it? I think that's a very fair point, and it, it is almost, it is worrying though, isn't it, with all that turmoil, and then it looks like they've almost taken a step backwards this off season. What's going to happen next? Well, that this is yeah, this is maybe what, what's more pertinent right now. So. Here are some people that have left. World Cup winning Springbok, JP Peterson. I can't understand this for life of me. Yes, I know he got injured mid-season. But in terms of players, like, I always thought about JP Peterson, like, yeah, big guy on the wing, don't really know, know much about him, not sure why he's an international. Until you watch him week in, week out, he's one of the most elegant runners. Uh, just is such such an understated rugby player. I can't believe that they've let him go. But he's he's he, uh, he's gone to Toulon. Um, Aussie-capped uh, winger Peter Beetham. Who was a quality for him because he played wing, centre. Centre, um, yeah. I think he played fullback. He probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, very good utility player. Very, very effective too. He's gone to Clermont. Um, Freddie Burns, who was on the chopping block, really. I mean, it, you could even argue they didn't want to sign Freddie Burns to start with. It <laughs> took so long to get him there. They keep him there for two or three years. He finally has his best season, and they yeah. shut him off. He was he was playing some very good rugby towards the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely quality. And then Owen, Owen Williams, which uh, is a huge blow. Yeah, because again, give, particularly given the troubles that they've had with their centres and injuries in their centres, Tamura and Tuolagi in particular, he's a very handy player to be able to slot in at 10 or 12. Uh, tight head prop, Fraser Balmain to Gloucester. Uh, nah. Ollie Bryant to Jersey. Hmm. Not bothered about any of those. Uh, I tell uh, you what I am bothered about though. Um or two what I'm bothered about. Jack Roberts. Jack Roberts, I know we've spoken about this before. Basically a kind of okay ish guy to play in the centre. He's a squad he's a squad, squad player. player. Yeah. But bearing in mind the troubles I've had in centre at the centre, and bearing in mind how many injuries that they've had. I think Leicester need a rock solid, reliable option. Even if he's only average, the fact that he's will, but he's able to walk onto a field <laughs> is a real bonus for them. I tell you what is partly driving this is the amount of cash that there is flying around for mediocre players. Uh, perhaps there, there perhaps. are again. I'm not going to talk any specifics, but no, go, go on, go for it. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna talk no any who's on too much money? I've, I've, I've who I've, doesn't deserve their money, Tim? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's market rates. You deserve what you get, but who should live in a smaller house? <laughs> <laughs> there are some players that have moved club uh, this summer who are on eye-watering money, yeah, and are average Premiership players. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're yeah, probably right. No, they're, they're really... Yeah, is. yeah, the Premiership players, aren't they? I mean, they might... Yeah, starting Premiership players. Yeah, I can see that. Um, in the same mould as Jack Roberts, Mr Reliable, Lockie McCaffrey got released last week. That is an interesting call, because he was a very, very useful player. I had Lockie McCaffrey as kind of like an outside bet for... He was useful. You know, England Day. No, he was useful, but he wasn't 
amazing. He wasn't outstanding. I thought he was. I think this is, this is Le- I just just uh, I think with a lot of the names we've mentioned here, we should just remember this is Leicester Tigers, and I think this probably highlights Leicester's problem over a longer period of time. Is they they have regressed in, in terms of, or other teams are now competing on a level with them because the financial clout isn't so much from the the organisation and fans and season tickets and everything, although that helps, it's from the TV money, which means yep. that everyone's got the money to buy these big names. Leicester was always the place where you had these superstars. Yep. And they, and because now they, we're talking about, yeah. oh, that maybe they should have kept Lockie McCaffrey. Good <laughs> premiership player. It's not Leicester Tigers, European Cup winning, premiership title challenging player, mm. is it? I do agree with that. So, uh, and, 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 is this not just a product of the, of the new environment, though, that they find themselves in? What the the TV Sal- money, the salary, salary cap, cap the and the TV, TV money, money everyone else means everyone else has got yeah. money, which means yeah. average players cost a lot, lot more than they did, which means it's harder to compete. Which yeah, well, I, I'm actually optimistic that this is uh, more because of so Brendan O'Connor, mm-hmm. who's probably their first choice open side, and Will Evans, young English yes. Will Evans coming through that you've got there two yeah very good open sides. Do you really need a third as the kind of uh, Squad backup player, just, albeit McCaffrey has played six and eight a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and he can play seven. And, yeah, and well, on the it other doesn't front, really matter. Mike Williams, uh, Sione Calamafoni, Luke Hamilton options. started playing some good. Hamilton started playing okay at eight. Still think they're missing a real uh, superstar at eight. They got, they got a uh, not for eight, but Tom Croft maybe this ne- next year he'll come back. Well, let's let, let's go let's let's get on to him, shall we? So, just one of the player who's dropped out. It was halfway through last season, but it ultimately it's still a big blow. Ayurza. Yep, so Ayurza is obviously gone. Medical joker Maxime Mamoz has gone. And according to certain uh, rugby journalists, uh, Matt Tate, Tom Croft, John Kitto are also rumoured to be off. Really? So, a, a okay. huge just gutting of the squad. But, arguably, long overdue. This pr- so- this pruning of this squad, which has got old, has got injured, yep. has been on old money but not playing at the old level there's a lot of players that fall into that category with Leicester Tom Croft will have been on England and indeed Lions money for the last few years yeah well strange enough uh, the uh, review does end with uh, with that Leicester have been settling for mediocre so maybe something of what you said, Tim, which is no, sorry, co- um, co- competent and mediocre that they've been settling for. Where actually, back in the day, they would never settle for that. Mm. So players into the club, yeah. Obviously, there's going to be loads, right? Wrong. There's George Ford. That good is to have him. Good, good. good player for half the season. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they can get in the top four, though, then he's there for the important yeah, part. Yeah. George Ford is a very good player. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Right. Outstanding. And they've got Joe Ford to back him up. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, which, oh yeah, no, don't mind. Don't, don't worry. And they've had to spend an awful lot of cash to uh, to get George there, but he's there, and I you could argue that's a good cornerstone, isn't it, for the uh, rest of your well, the next ten years, perhaps. George Ford, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, build, you can you keep can build a team around that guy. Yeah, you can keep George Ford there for a long period of time. Winger Jonah Holmes. Anyone know anything about Jonah Holmes? Nope. Nope, neither, neither Good one. first name for a winger. Yes, yes. That's promising. On that alone, I'm I'm optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, back row, uh, Salona Calamphoni, who we mentioned before. Um, a 28-year-old squad centre, Gareth Owen from Scarlet, so I know nothing about him, really. Um, winger, centre, Nick... M- oh, he's quite, he's quite, uh, Gareth Owen's quite a, big, he's quite a big unit. Is he? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to see the guy I'm thinking of. 
Dominic yeah. Ryan from Leicester. Leinster. Leinster, sorry. Um, and an Australian seven spot. So, not exactly loads, is is there? No. And George Ford aside, no one box office. Yeah. yeah. So, this is basically going to come down to a huge bet, isn't it? Which is, will Tamua and Tualangi be able to stay fit? It feels like it. It really feels like they're putting a lot of eggs into the fitness of those two. Yeah. Now, I think between them, they played less than seven games. Um, and, but, sorry, but apparently Tamua was fit towards the end of last season. They just decided not to rest. Uh, not, Should we not come up with them. a hybrid name? Tuilua. Tuilua. Tumagi. Such a gamble. Such a gamble. Well, they've been injured for so long, surely they'll be fit now, going forward. <laughs> that's how it works, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just I the law so. of averages. Yeah, just, yeah. That's what it means. Ask so, Tom Croft about that. Reasons, <laughs> to, be che- reasons to, to be cheerful. Uh, number one, they've still got a fearsome, a fearsome front front row. It looks like Genge is actually a really smart. They do, zone. and it's easy to overlook because we talk about not having box office players. Ellis Genge, they've signed a box office player, but they just signed him before he was a box, box office player. Which is great business. That's exactly how you yeah, should do it. That is yeah. how you should do it. Dan Cole as well is is a m- massive, a huge quality player. Two decent two, locks. Two ti- yeah, Dan Cole, two times Lion. Yeah. 60-odd England caps. Uh, and... For Leicester, he frequently plays 80 minutes a week. Yeah, It'd be interesting to see who's starting hooker. Will it continue to be Tom Young's? And Because they've, they've got Harry Thacker. Thacker, who might play a bit as in the back row, which McGuigan. he has done. And McGuigan is a very handy player as well. And they've got the, So McGuigan's a player on the rise. Thacker's a player on the rise. Uh, in the second row, Don Barrow's a player on the rise. Mm-hmm. Kitchener? Yeah, yeah he's sort of... Kitchener's a good player. I mean, Kitchener yeah. was a guy who Brad Thorne described as would be an all-black if he played in New Zealand. Which yeah. is high praise indeed from from the great man. Mm. It is. He never. You see glimpses of it. Yeah. But I'm not sure if he's ever lived up to his billing. So basically, front 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 five is pretty good. Decent access. Tom uh, Tom's and Ford. So Tom's and Ford. Young's, Young's and, and Ford. Ford. Um, uh, so they kind of got a build around that, and finally they've got some sort of stability, which is they've got rid of the cock um, the cockerel. And major, I don't even think it's bickering really, just the no, uncertainty just, and just d- different philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just going to be one uh, one voice, one vision. In fact, you got to say that probably the one thing you can say about Leicester when you look back last year is there was very, very there was there was some there was lots of issues behind the scenes, but the way that the individuals and the club presents itself is always pretty impeccable, isn't it? Aaron Major was a Yep. True, true gent the way he handled himself yes through all of that so absolutely and Cockrell as well uh, there yeah. are also questions about the um, about their chairman or their chief exec Simon Cohen because he's been in charge obviously of getting O'Connor back in obviously of letting a few lads go and signing Ford so this is basically going to fall, fall on him they follow on by saying there's going to be huge amounts of cap, um, of, of, of of cap space uh, unfortunately, no, because they've all, because they've they've already spent it. So Damien McKenzie was linked to them. Uh, Malachi uh, Fakatoa, Fak- uh, neither of those came off. We, you would be expecting another signing, I would I would guess, bef- uh, before the season starts. And lastly, there are concerns about Welford Road itself and how they're not filling out the stadium, which I guess is unheard of at Leicester. That is, but 
as soon as they start winning, it's it's a there's bit a context to that in that it's significantly bigger than any other Premiership. It is uh, Premiership ground. Well, traditional uh, Premiership ground. About, yeah, Wasps. football stadiums and things. Yeah. Um, this the, the whole thing. I think you're right in what you said about the the gamble on fitness. The whole thing for Leicester comes down to if they can get three players fit, who were missing the whole of last season, two of which we've mentioned, Tuilagi and Tamua. If you get those two firing at twelve and thirteen, Dynamite. that's that's enormous. Particularly if you've got Youngs and Ford giving them ball. The other one uh, who hardly played a game last season. I'm not even sure if he played one game. Uh, Mullipola, Lagovi Mullipola. Yeah, it's such a useful scrum. You can play on both sides of the scrum, and such a good ball carry. Particularly because Leicester's back row is shorn of a few ball ball mm. carriers. If you can get him fit and playing and back to his destructive best, so that's massive. I read a piece. I can't remember where I read it from now, and they're talking about Leicester's recruitment, and they were saying Leicester don't sign big big players. Equally as important is the fact that their academy isn't producing like it used to. You, you pointed this out a few weeks ago, Tim, that the England under-20s or under-18s didn't have a single Leicester player. Yeah, this, this for the Six Nations. What apparently they try to do is they try to pick off young lads who've kind of just broken into the first team, and that's that's where they see that that's where they where they see value. Which strikes me as a very relatively risky thing to be doing. Yeah, and also there's examples. <laughs> there's the, the Avicii Premiership is littered with examples of players that Leicester have let go. One of them will be back with London Irish. We'll talk about on a future podcast. Alex Lewington. Is he an excellent Le- he, um, Leicester guy? He's a Leicester Academy player, which Glenn Delaney had at Nottingham on loan, and then Leicester re- uh, and or no sight, uh, and then Glenn Delaney when he went to London Irish. Took him. S- said um, that, that, oh, if Leicester are getting rid of him, f- hey, you've got a home here at London Irish. So. Um, why did they get rid of him? Was he too fast or was he too elusive? <laughs> I mean, what was, <laughs> too, it was what either too, he either scored too many tries. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. too skillful, too fast. It's bad too for elusive. team morale, that mate, and yeah. not injury prone enough. Yeah, as well. <laughs> so there's quite a few examples of players that have come through the Leicester Academy <laughs> that, that they didn't rate. Quite amazing. So, three positives f- for the season. Unspent salary cap and still opportunity for top-class recruitments in the backs. Matt Tamua, Manu Tualangi, both seem- seemingly fit. First team has one managerial voice. Obviously, that's very important. Three negatives. Unsettled squad. Uh, the academy continues to be neglected. That's so That's so weird coming from a Leicester fan. Yeah. It really is odd. I- I'll tell you another guy who was Leicester Academy. J- Jamal Ford-Robinson. Oh, was he? Yep. And he's now just down the road with Northampton. Exactly. Wow. And... Yeah, God, just how much money they'd save had they kept those guys. I know. Wow, there you go. Uh, and the last reason to be po- positive, so we've gone positive, negative, positive, Tom Brady's going to have a storming year this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. Well, less competition on the wings now. Yeah. Uh, would I mean, the be- problem is with Tom Brady, if he gets, if he gets called up to England... <laughs> the silver it's the year of the silver, silver fox. fox the Chinese year of the fox <laughs> <laughs> yeah Peterson and Beetham leaving mm. does does open up a gap for, for Brady and, and Thompson another one Peter Adogwu Paolo Adogwu Paolo Adogwu Doggers Doggers yeah, another good Doggers player. I mean I don't know what's going to happen to him they, oh because <gasps> dog, Doggers last year everyone stop I've got gossip um <laughs> The dog is like it's obviously sale related. It is somewhat. I'm not going to tell you who it's related to. 
There is a rumour of a very high-profile director of rugby coming to the coming to the Premiership, coming to a club near you, more than likely near us. But I'm not going to tell you which um, which club. A director of rugby. I think I've told you. A historic director of rugby. Nope. Or never, never had director of rugby ship. Director of rugby. So, ship so, but I but wonder, a high-profile player. Does that mean Steve Diamond's going to be CEO again? Owner, Chief generic exec. owner. owner. Um, he's he's already. CEO at the moment as well, isn't yeah. he? CEO, yeah. CFO, now, uh, I, pot washer, look, I chairman. Have not got, <laughs> I want to be clear. I have not got this off anyone at sale. This is not... This is just chat among some fans, okay? Which I happen to overhear because I'm not a fan. Um, is is they tempting Nigel Melville back from America? Right. Just a quick one. It's not... He's never held a director of rugby... Sh- okay, is it... Directorship of rugby, or is it rugby directorship, Direct- or is it? Of, yeah, that's, I'm not sure. DOR. He's never been ship. a DOR. A DOR ship. DOR ship. Okay. Yeah, never <laughs> done that. But neither in- has Rob Baxter until this season. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they've re- they've rejigged his role. Ali Heath is now head coach. Rob Baxter's got the DOR title now. I wonder, I wonder if that was just a way to reward him financially. Probably by giving him a new job title. I don't know. Anyway, that's all boring bo- business stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I, is it? Like, I can't see it makes any difference no, in terms of the same, same, same people, setup. just different different job title. Is it like the space missions? Do you know, they they had two pilots in each space mission? Neither of them wanted to be the co-pilot. So yeah. One of them was the pilot, the other one was the captain. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you do it, boys. Uh, so the director of rugby I'm referring to, Owen uh, Andy Farrell. Wow. That. <laughs> so, th- I mean, that raises a lot of questions. So he's currently doing a role with Ireland, yep. isn't he? Which is... So you've seen people do the part-time defence coach with Ireland alongside doing, like, Sean Edwards when he was at Wasps and Wales mm-hmm. as a defence coach. Can you do a DOR, a full-time DOR role, and that part-time role, or would it be Ireland role gone? Because you would think that I, Schmidt would, would be desperate to keep him. Depends on the money. He's so good. It depend, depends on, on the cash. Uh, if Sale can afford him, they bring him back up to the northwest, which is great. He's got that hybrid rugby league, rugby... I mean, apparently you can't work at Sale unless you have intimate knowledge of how to play rugby league. <laughs> that, that's just what you need to do. Um, he does fit the mould, and he does fit the fit the ambition. If Well, it depends what his career trajectory is. Do, do many defence coaches... What's next for most international defence coaches? What, what what examples have there been of... Like Mike Ford, he was England defence coach. What did he do you after were, he was England defence coach? He went and was a DOR of a club. Yeah. 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 Um, Sean Edwards has never gone past... I mean, it's a weird... I think the coaching path now is going to be a lot more coaches, a lot more specialists, and a lot more people who are happy to be specialists rather than take that step up to director of rugby or head coach. If I'm a really good defensive coach, I'll stick to that, thanks. Yeah, I see. I definitely see the merit of that. It's the old Peter principle, mm. getting promoted to your level of incompetence. Exactly. You're a very good defence coach. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be a good head coach or DOR. And that's where that's where this sort of falls down to me because Andy Farrell might be the world's most respected defence coach at the moment. He probably is. There's certainly, there were, there were questions after um, the 20, 2015 World Cup, mm-hmm. but I think all those questions have been put to bed now. But but if there was any, if you can look at this through a, a positive lens, even back at the twenty fifteen World Cup, it could be potential. It could potentially be that Andy Farrell knew he had more in him, and so 
was trying to fill the space he he, he sort of felt he deserved. Maybe he does see himself as the main the main man. Yeah, maybe. In, w- in which case, a DOR could be the good bridge to that. Yeah, I sim I simply don't know, but it's an interesting rumor. It'd be interesting to get the perspective of Lions players on th- him as a potential boss because they will have spent oh. pe- people that have never well, let's ask, let's never ask spent them. time with him before will have spent six weeks with him. So yeah. what? Watch his space. Might be absolute nonsense. Might be something <laughs> in it. It would, it would really surprise me. Uh, from, I guess, from both perspectives, from Diamond he, relinquishing so much control, he can live and win again. Oh. He could, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. That's that's the uh, most appealing but thing. No, I think I think I think Steve Diamond's intention is to relinquish control. Is it? Well, he tried it with Brian Redpath. Yeah, and John yeah. Mitchell. Uh, but knowing what but, I know now. Um, I can see kind of why Brian Redpath didn't work out as a head coach. I okay. Just, it just, yeah, that that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Andy Farrell, there's one man Steve Diamond can't push around. That'd be Andy Farrell. Yeah. Going to try and- I, well, that that's what's surprising me because you'd think he'd want someone who he can still just have a little bit of control over. Yeah, not not the world's hardest rugby league club. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Dimes has identified that, you know what, I need someone that's actually not going to let me anywhere near or let me sneak, let, let me get back in. There's only a handful of men in the world. <laughs> 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 so uh, that narrows it down to Andy Farrell or ex-rugby league commentator Steve-O. <laughs> hard enough. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson could do it. D-O-R. <laughs> um... Not, there's not Vlad, many, Vladimir Klitschko? No, not hard enough. Not <laughs> Conor McGregor? Uh, no, no, too small. Yeah. Too small, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there, there's, there's some people in the US, UFC ranks that maybe could do the job, but not many, not many. <laughs> right, boys, the, the old WWE to... wrestler, China. <laughs> <laughs> boys, you're going to have to wrap this up, because uh, I've, I've got to take talk, talk H on some team building, though. All right, and literally, excellent. In the next... Seven, Seven min- minutes are going to be arriving at my door, unless they're already here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Egg Chasers Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Acast on the Apple Podcast Store, and anywhere else you can find us. Subscribe. We're here throughout the summer. Uh, and night, top work, Phil, top work, JB. Let the Excuse boys me. play. Let the boys play. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.